This episode of the Fresh Start Family Show is brought to you by our Quick Start Learning Bundle, how to build a compassionate, firm, and kind discipline toolkit that works with kids of all ages. Head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your Quick Start Bundle so you can get going today on building up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit in your home. Well, hey there, I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, The Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of love and kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart, learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show. Well, hey there, families, and welcome to another episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. I am interviewing Lynn Jackson today from Connected Families, and I'm not with Terry. Terry's at work today while Lynn and I recorded. We missed him for sure, but we did have such a wonderful conversation all around raising kids that are sensitive, intense, or challenging, how we can really stay in integrity when we have those strong-willed kids or those power kids. And what's cool about our conversation with Lynn today is that she brought um, a lot to the table around sensory stuff, which I think is such a fascinating topic. And Lynn has so much expertise in this area because she is a not only just a trained, you know, certified life coach, author, speaker, all these wonderful things. She's a, she's a parenting educator, but she also has a lot of experience as a pediatric occupational therapist. So she really understands what's underneath kids' misbehavior, what's underneath their sensitivities, what makes them act out or be so you know challenging at times. And so I loved her perspective as she spoke to us about how we can approach challenging situations with these kiddos that often do challenge us, right? And so I know you're going to love this episode. Have a listen in enjoy and make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. You can head to iTunes, click that little subscribe button so you get notified every week of our new episodes. And while you're there, leave us a review. We love to hear um, if you're loving these episodes and um, we just are grateful for every one of you who listens and tunes in to our show. So with that said, um, enjoy the show and let us know what you think. Well, hey there, families, and welcome to today's episode where I am so excited. Literally, excitement is beaming out of my body as I sit here with Lynn (laughs) Jackson from Connected Families. I have been waiting for this interview for a while now because I really love what Lynn and her husband, Jim, are doing through the organization called Connected Families. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Lynn here in a second, but today we're going to be talking about understanding your sensitive or intense child and families let me tell you you are going to want to listen into this full episode because lynn really is a wealth of knowledge she has over 25 years of experience as both a parent to what i love i love that you call your kids three intense kiddos (laughs) and she's a pediatric occupational therapist specializing in kids with sensory processing disorder and behavioral challenges and so in 2002 right so that was how many years ago now um, 18? 17. Oh my God. It was the fall, so 17 years. 17 years ago, she and her husband Jim founded Connected Families, which is a ministry that helps parents learn to embody God's grace in the midst of family life. As a speaker, certified life coach, podcaster, and author, Lynn has helped thousands of parents learn to be peaceful, purposeful, and confident. So families, I'm going to turn it over to you here in a second, Lynn, so you can introduce yourself a little bit more and tell us more about your journey and how you got to where you are today. But I want to tell you families that, you know, um, Lynn's ministry, of course, is all about um, honoring God and Jesus and and how we can do that as we raise our children. But even families, if you're not a family of faith, I want you to really just listen in and not be scared away by, um, you know, when when we talk about faith today, because what Lynn is going to provide today is universally incredibly helpful and her heart is just huge. And I promise you um, that you're going to be just so tremendously helped by the wisdom that she has. So um, just, I'm so excited that you all are here. And um, Lynn, I'm going to turn it over to you and tell us about your story about how God got you to where you are today and um, 
just every just tell us more about you and connected families before we get started on our subject of understanding your sensitive and or intense child. Well, I'm also an occupational therapist, which isn't in the the normal lineup of my bio, but um, it's a key piece of who I am. Uh, And I really loved that profession because I found it intriguing to understand children and their nervous systems. It was really helpful because I had a couple of sensory kiddos myself, and all of our kids were intense and eventually diagnosed with ADHD. There's a predominance of that in their genetic gene pool, shall we say. Right. (laughs) But uh, it was super helpful to understand that with my kids because sometimes their behavior was absolutely exasperating and I could step back and go, wait a minute, what's this about? Right. So when my daughter, you know, had a a 45-minute meltdown over brushing her teeth at night before bed, it was like, even though it was, you know, aggravating, it was like I understood it and I understood how to help her. So I'm wow. passionate about helping other parents understand kids that are just more sensitive or intense and what might be going on with them because compassion uh, can be such a huge help when we're struggling with our child and we understand how difficult life is for them. Oh, I love it. So you started out, were you an occupational therapist for some years before you became all these other things, a life coach, a certified? Yep, yep. Yeah. So you started out as an occupational therapist, right? Yes, correct. And worked with uh, physically di- disabled for a while um, and then uh, shifted over to more sensory and behaviorally challenged kids. Uh, and so that's really where my focus has been for the last 20 years or so, 20 25, actually 30 was when I first started really diving into sensory integration challenges. And so then I was in a pediatric clinic about 20 plus years ago, specifically for that focus. Wow. And then you had, God blessed you with these three intense yep. kiddos, right? For you to, yep. and, and then I'm sure that just drove you to really share with the world what you've learned and what's helped your family. Is that accurate? Yes. Oh, for sure. Yes. Because a lot of um, kids that struggle, they're just, they, they're actually more high potential kids, but they're struggling so much with how overwhelmed they are by how their bodies feel or how the environment uh, is perceived to them, you know, sounds and sights and such that, that they, they end up getting in trouble more and can yeah. get really discouraged. And so um, it, I, I take great joy in helping parents of these intense kids because I think guided well, they can be, you know, you know, tenacious, wise leaders and servants and, and, you know, just people that will really bless the world. Yes, I agree. I share a similar passion. I always call, you know, say my passion is to really help the families who have what I like to call power kids, the families that are the yeah, kids that have I, this, yeah, there huge, you go. Yeah, this huge desire <laughs> to lead. And there yeah. can be such pain in the butts to raise, right, when they're little. But we've experienced that same thing where we have a daughter who's now 12 who just came into the world with like the fiercest energy and just you could feel her strength from birth. And, yep. you know, we we didn't know what to do the first few years, got into a really dark place with our parenting. And then once we found the work of positive parenting, we shifted everything and to see her blossom and thrive in this type of um, you know, family uh, lifestyle, so to speak, with mm-hmm. practicing what, what we teach is so beautiful because she is tenacious. She is dedicated. She's an incredible athlete. She's an incredible um, musician, friend, artist, uh, everything under the sun, but she is a leader to her core. And I know that it, I've heard a lot of parents who struggle with the same thing, whether it's a power kid who just wants to lead so much and has that big desire um, to lead and feel powerful, or a sensitive kiddo, or um, you know, a, an intense child. All those kind of go hand in hand, and I too have such a heart for helping families who you know, sometimes it just can be so exhausting and you can feel so (laughs) hopeless and so like, you just feel so alone, right? Especially when you Mm -hmm. see a neighbor or a friend, like in our family, we got (laughs) two colicky babies, which we we couldn't believe it. Um, But we used to always joke that we would watch our friends who had little babies who would just sit in their car seats and like hang out. And we were like, what is that? (laughs) What is that child? Is that baby just sitting there? Like, aren't, isn't your baby crying? <laughs> they must have drugged it. Yes. 
Yes. And so I love supporting families who um, are just, you know, in the thick of it and struggling and helping them know that, yes, it's intense to raise an intense child or a power kiddo or a sensitive child, but what they have been blessed with is magnificent. And Mm -hmm. um, if we can come beside them and support them with how to raise these strong, intense, sensitive souls. It's incredible to see what these kids grow up to be. And and seeing Stella at 12 now, I mean, we just are getting a glimpse of it, right? I'm sure you can speak so much. I think all all your kids are, how, how old are your kids now? You have three, right? Right. Um, 32, 29, and 27. Yeah, right. So you, I love that, you know, you can really speak to what it can do for a family and and children as they become adults when um, you stay connected and and you use compassion and um, empathy and grace and all that good stuff that I'm sure we're going to talk all about today when we get into that subject um, of understanding and um, your sensitive or intense child. But one more thing, Lynn, before we get into our three um, subjects that go along with that today, um, tell me about what brought you to make this more of a ministry? Because I got to tell you, I, I literally like, as I was preparing for this today, I could feel myself getting emotional because I'm so flipping grateful. And when I find people like you, like when I found your work, I like instantly went to your website and I was like, Oh my gosh, her and Jim are like, they're teaching what I teach. And they are like (laughs) guiding, guiding parents to honor Jesus in the way they raise their children. And because honestly, like sometimes I hear people teaching in the Christian space and I get terrified and I'm like, oh no, I'm going to go to the website and it's going to be scary and it's going to make my stomach turn. And And it's like, I've spent years dealing with like trying to just figure that out. Right. And like be in conversation with God and say, you know, it helped me to like be the light that I want to be, but not be so sad about that but so when Mm I when I saw your work I was like oh my gosh I told my assistant Laura I'm like we have to get them on the podcast ASAP because they're doing incredible things in the world and they're spreading such light and they're speaking such biblical truth of her families and guiding them in this totally accurate light filled direction and I am just so grateful (laughs) that you're doing this and I just want to hear how did you decide to make this more of a ministry because obviously as an occupational therapist like you're in the you know normal world and then you took this business which is beautiful I mean the courses that you have and the resources that you're offering families is incredible you have done a wonderful job but how did you how did you get there how did god guide you in that direction and how did you find the courage to keep going down there when there is such opposition in the world well it actually uh is has a lot to do with my husband who uh, had was called to ministry with at-risk teens for 12 years and he saw more and more of these kids that were really struggling coming out of church families and it just broke our hearts to see the kind of parenting input that people were getting. I mean, I feel similarly, I have goosebumps just listening to you because this was a real struggle for us. We we started with a very harsh discipline approach because we thought that was the only thing that was yeah. biblical and it was so hurtful to our, our kids. And uh, then there was a night that I was reading 1 Thessalonians 2 where it talks about we were, Paul's talking to his his quote-unquote children in the church and he says we were gentle among you like a mother caring for her little children and then farther on it says and we we um we know that you uh, you know that we dealt with you as a father deals with his children encouraging comforting and urging you to live lives worthy of the kingdom of god and that was like boom all right (laughs) we can leave that behind and look to how jesus parented his kids and you know his his disciples and how paul parented his quote unquote children and that's our guide and it was just it was a game changer and we were moving more towards that but that was like that sealed the deal and then we just we began to develop this framework that was really rooted in my husband's work with at-risk teens and seeing these disenfranchised teens so we developed a model called the connected families framework um, in its very infancy in those days um, and just began to teach it on the side and that really grew a lot and so at one point the lord called him kind of in the middle of the night 
we've got to you got to do it. You got to set out and try to reach younger families before these problems get so difficult. So we've yeah. always had a heart for struggling kids, whether it's emotionally, like in these at-risk teens, or from a sensory standpoint, like the the ones that I have served. And so we're passionate about helping. Um, people of all types, but particularly families of faith that have maybe been given a really harsh discipline approach to parenting um, to connect well with their children and, and earn deep, heartfelt influence in their lives. Oh my gosh, it's so amazing. And and so now you and Jim do this full-time, right? You are connectedfamilies.org full-time. And do you do yep. speaking around the nation also? Yes, we do. We don't travel a ton, but right. we're heading out to two places in California in January. Um, we've done a little bit of teaching overseas. Uh, there's 40 countries that have downloaded our podcast. Uh, nice. That was a while ago. It could be more now. So, um, yeah, so it, it, word is really getting out. It's It's been just exciting. We have a team of about eight people wow. um, of us total. So. It's, it's just a joy to work with these other, um, they're all parents that, that are equally committed to helping parents um, bring God's grace and truth into their homes. Amazing. And, and just to give you guys, listeners, an, an idea of some of the workshops that Lynn and Jim have designed, um, Discipline That Connects With Your Child's Heart. We're going to give you guys some more details about that later. How to Grow a Connected Family, Discovering God's Unique Purpose for Your Family, Grace and Truth for Moms, Entitlement, A Biblical Response to the Cultural Epidemic, Why Kids Misbehave, Siblings from Bickering to Bonding, Gathering corrupt or Gaining Cooperation in the Home, Misbehaviors and the God-Given Gift behind them, understanding your sensitive or intense child, which is what we're going to talk about today, discipline, discipline that connects with your child's heart, just all of, I mean, it's as an, as an online um, course creator, I know how much work all this takes and you guys have put in the hard work. So I can't wait for you listeners to go, to go check out um, their work. And we're going to give you all the details about how to do that later. But let's chat for a hot sec, openly and honestly about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited. Timeouts, spankings, threatening of spankings, taking iPads away, three, two, one countdowns, groundings, taking away toys, e-bikes, iPhones, any or all of those kind of tactics that create a total relationship strain and don't even work long-term to end your child's misbehavior for good. Meaning, you might spank your child or send them to timeout today for being, air quotes, mean to their sister or disrespecting you, but then three days from now, they're repeating the same misbehavior, which causes you to flip your lid because you know they know better. I want to help you learn a new way so you can end the vicious cycle that's keeping you stuck as a parent and causing you to feel super frustrated that nothing is working to get your strong-willed, stubborn child to behave better. My team and I have recently completely refreshed our Compassionate Discipline Quick Start Learning Bundle to help you learn a new way to teach your kids important life lessons, a new way to help your children learn from their mistakes and take responsibility for their actions. You can just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, and I'll personally send you a message with a link to download this free bundle. I'm going to help you shift out of a punishment mindset and into a compassionate discipline one where you fully trust that connection-based, firm and kind discipline tools are all you need to be a strong leader in your home who holds your kids responsible when they misbehave, but does it in a way where they are learning the vital life skills they are missing when they mess up. So again, just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free bundle now. I am so excited for you to shift out of feeling guilty and shameful when you lay your head on your pillow at night and shift into feeling confident and proud of the way you handled yourself as a parent, even when you were wildly triggered and upset about the mistake your child made. Okay, I'm excited for you to dive into this free resource. I'll see you in my DMs and inside the free discipline bundle. 
All right, awesome, Lynn. So without further ado, let's get into our subject matter for today. Um, and these are the three points that we're going to cover today, families, um, that is gonna help you to understand your sensitive or intense child. Number one, Lynn's gonna to talk to us about how to know if a behavioral a behavior is primarily primarily sensory or behaviorally based. Number two, how arousal, arousal state, um, which is our energy level or emotional state, affects conflicts and discipline. And then number three, how to handle sensory processing differences with integrity. And Lynn's going to tell us all about how to apply the, the Connected Families framework to sensory-based challenges. And so this, I Lynn, is just kind of a starting point because I hope to have you and Jim back where Terry can be with us. He's not with us today. He had to be at work today. But um, here at Fresh Start Family, we love to get the guys involved too. And I know Jim is a such a big part of Connected Families. And so we can't wait to have you back to talk more about compassionate discipline and you know discipline that connects which I know so many families want to learn about but today let's get into this subject matter about sensory differences which I know families are going to love because I've done one podcast episode with a sensory expert her name is Wendy Burtonall and that is actually our number one podcast download um, as of right now I think we have about 37 episodes at the time of this recording so I know families are going to eat this up so let's talk to us about point number one how do we know if a behavioral a behavior is primary, primarily sensory or behaviorally based? Tell us about what that means. Well, I get that question a lot, and um, it helps to just look at, re at really what the behavior is. Um, and so a lot of times, if you have a child that's struggling with some sensory issues, you'll see sort of unusual things, like they may be kind of undersensitive to stimulation, and they just sort of seem like they're in a fog, and maybe they kind of squirmy, can't sit still at dinner, but their you know, life is confusing and overwhelming, and um, they just don't respond quickly to things. Uh, you might have a child that is oversensitive, and this is a little easier to recognize because you know when you have a child that is hypersensitive to um, to sound and they react strongly to sounds and uh, get aggravated by sounds or cover their ears, you know that's kind of an obvious thing. Um, sometimes you'll see symptoms where they're uh, they're very sensitive in the touch or tactile system and they're clothes bug them. It could be tags or textures or seams. Sometimes grooming and hygiene cares bug them and they just overreact to things. Um, you know, my daughter, like I said, would have meltdowns over brushing her teeth, um, you know, sitting on a cold toilet seat. She, <laughs> she <Right>. said, <laughs> I, I used to warm it up with a blow dryer. <laughs> Awesome. And then as a young adult, she, we were laughing about that. And she said, but you know, mom, I, I liked it best when you sat on it first. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So, so if you see some of these quirky little things like, seriously, this shouldn't be such a big deal, then you can kind of guess, okay, this is, why would my child just be complaining about a cold toilet seat unless it really was a big deal you know so if it's it's some of the more garden variety of things of you know I want this toy or that toy then it's it's more negotiable but you know it's, it's not so clear-cut but when you see these things occurring um, you know another key thing to look for is um, if they are you know if they struggle with swinging or get car sick or maybe they didn't like to lay flat on their back when you diaper them or they just you know, they seem to react to movement more strongly, either seeking it or being uh, anxious about it. That's a thing to, to be aware of. <laughs> So oh my gosh. Um, I'm laughing because it's just, you know, all the memory as I learn more about this sensory stuff. And I'm so it's so excited to hear all this because I really don't I've never gotten super educated. I've had a lot of education about positive parenting curriculum, but not so much in this area. And thinking back to when Stella from the time she was that colicky baby up until like, you know, five, six years old, all everything that you're talking about is so um, was so like there for her. We, mm -hmm. from like, she used to, as a, she moved from a colicky baby who of course you have to, you know, bounce all the time. And we had crazy amount of bouncing and yep. we would name the moves. So like to put her to sleep, you'd, we called it, um, 
the like the bomb drop. You'd put her on your knee and you'd like slowly <laughs> rhythmically like bounce her, but then you'd have to do it heavy, like and she'd be sitting uh-huh. upright on your knee. This was like, but you know, by the time she was probably like nine months old, we were still doing this, and and she would just her chin would drop, and then we had the elevator, which would she would go up and down, like I mean, I've, my arms were never so buff in my life, <laughs> and then like we had all these moves. She like Terry would fly her around the house, and that's when she was happiest, and then mm-hmm. later on, like just just funny memories that weren't so funny at the time, like. She would put on her pool up and she would get so hot and she would stand up in her mm-hmm. bed and, and freak out and say, I'm hot to bot. And still to this day, we say that's so funny, but like she would literally, she was freaking out like tantruming. Yep. And, bef- oh, you know, if you're not educated yeah. in this stuff, you just think your kid is crazy um, mm-hmm. and being disrespectful or disobedient or not listening or whatever. Like, you know, um, so it's just, it's crazy to hear all about this. So. Okay. Anyways, it's yeah. all these flashbacks are like, yeah, she definitely exactly. was and is a sensitive kiddo. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Our son used to have meltdowns over, the, you know, the blender, the vacuum fireworks, all that kind of thing. Right. Um, you know, and then there's visual stuff of, you know, just getting overstimulated in the cloud in crowds or hypersensitivity to bright lights and colors, you know, co- light coming in the car window or fluorescent lights. One little boy complained about the, the lights in one supermarket compared to the other one. And uh, another symptom is when you just see an unusual compulsion with screens it's like screens are my drug and they make the rest of the crazy world and my body go away you know it's that kind of a thing our son at at um 18 no younger than that 15 months could figure out which vhs tape he wanted how to turn on the player put it in and punch play right it was crazy because he was so obsessed with getting right in front of that screen and then we did a bunch of sensory work with him and he he started regaining the words that he had lost he he returned to sleeping through the night and the screen preoccupation went to normal so that's cool really really can make a difference when you understand this is what my child is struggling with and you know how to go about and get them the kind of sensory experiences it's going to gradually calm their nervous system so anyway that. So, so one more comment on that question how how do i know if behavior is primarily sensory or behavior you don't necessarily always know but if you have a really good strategy for dealing with it then you can be confident that your child will feel cared about no matter what the source is um, right. Because sometimes sensory issues can just get people's kids so agitated inside, they get really controlling and they get locked on to things that you would think are not sensory related. Like, I have to have the red cup, not the blue one. Yes, yeah. And it's, it's because they feel so internally out of control, they're needing to control people and their environment in order to just like not fall apart. inside so I the analogy I used is like being in a foreign train station where it's hot and it's so noisy and it's so crowded and you're getting bumped and it's signs and lights and everything everywhere and you're total sensory overload and you're confused and you don't know where to go and then you see a Starbucks end of the train station and you start running like a vanilla latte will just do it for me right now and then right before you get there the window slams shut and it says closed and you have a meltdown right was that over the vanilla latte or was that over the sensory stress was essentially over the sensory stress that lead you led you to lock on to one thing that was going to fix it for you. Oh my gosh, so. Lynn, that is the best example ever because <laughs> as adults, you know, I love to like help people become like aware of their own behavior that influences mm-hmm. our children. But like you can totally I can totally see myself doing that. No, not so much now after like 10 years of life coaching work. But um right. back, like where you're like how dare you? It's like I was standing here. I was in line. You can't close the window on me. Like this is ridiculous. Like you haven't mm-hmm. this signs, like you're blaming your yet, yeah, like your, your tone of voice with these people is outrageous, like misbehavior all over the place. I can see in that situation, but it's like you said, it's just because you were overwhelmed with what was going on and your soul wasn't settled. So when you walked up, you just started misbehaving. Yep, exactly. That's cool. So, 
there's a lot more to this and we'll include a little um, link to a just a checklist that we use there's other checklists that you can find online about sensory symptoms but just so people have a concrete quick reference that they can look more thoroughly at some of the symptoms of sensory processing challenges but we should probably move on to kind of that second issue of so so how does arousal state that seems like kind of a technical term but how does that factor into all this and how does that show up in conflicts and disciplines that does that make sense to you right yes yes for sure (laughs) tell us more Uh, about it (laughs) well it's about that um, when a child's uh, sensory processing is not working well for them it's very stressful it's very anxiety producing and they don't spend a lot of their life in just that relaxed alert medium arousal state they tend to be up in some degree of fight or flight for a lot of their day and so in fight or flight, then um, we easily get triggered to aggressive or defensive uh, reactions, meltdowns, controlling behavior, um, aggressive, uh, angry words, those kinds of things. And so um, if a parent deals with an, an upset child in a way that we bring our own fight or flight into the mix right. and try to dominate the child, it just can be explosive. And then we talk about how we all climb crazy mountain together when right. that happens. Um, and so that's why it's really key for parents to recognize I may not be able to call, help my child in the middle of a meltdown, but my best shot as being really calm myself because um, my frontal lobe needs to stay online for us to have a prayer of helping my child's frontal lobe get back online. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Because when survival mechanisms kick in and relational threat is perceived by the brain just like physical threat. So if I come in and I'm like, what, why did you do this? It is gonna trigger my child's fight or flight system. Wow. And so. Um, for us to really be aware when that happens, um, their sensory processing goes even on more hyper alert. And so sounds and touch is way worse. So, um, you know, I know that we had one son that if he was a little agitated and I put a hand on his shoulder like, hey, buddy, kind of calm down, he would just get instantly upset because now his brain was in hyper alert. That no longer felt like pleasant or comforting touch it felt like aggressive touch and it was it would spiral it up so we learn not not to do that but to come in um, very carefully and that kind of leads us really to um, the 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 last issue which is um, you know how how we can have a, a, a framework to guide us through these sensory challenges and um, Wendy I know that you've um, connected a little bit with the connected families framework and maybe I can even throw a question back at you is what stood out to you in that framework and relating to Stella or maybe one of your other kids that's more intense and and I'll unpack it in a minute but I want to hear from you first well I and I'm I'm not gonna be able to do it by memory and we'll see how I do so it's it's safe it's um and and again I'm not I probably don't know all four of them but tell me again it's safe and then um hold on um uh, yeah unconditionally loved hold on let me see if I can remember here um, safe, unconditionally loved. Um, oh, I'm not. I'm not gonna be able to do it. So safe, loved. What are the last two? Um, capable and responsible. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, I love them all. I mean, every single one I could speak to about forever. But I mean, the most impactful right away was the safe, because it. Mm-hmm. I I have spent <laughs> many. You know, I and I love with my the families that are part of my foundations course or my membership program or just follow us online or through the podcast, um, they know I love to share like authentic stories of the times I've messed up. And I think back to, you know, it took me like eight years to stop yelling, honestly, like eight years Mm, to stop yelling. And I persevered. I did. Yes. I'm pretty, pretty dang good now. Um, Even though Stella will say to me sometimes, mom, why are you yelling at me? And I'm like, I'm not yelling. (laughs) She's like, mom, you're using that yelling tone. I'm like, you're right. Um, But I do think think about like how it it's just a, a message that unfortunately has been given to culture that you want to scare your kids 
mm-hmm. and it's just like it crushes my heart and um, and I still I, even being a positive parenting educator now for nearly a decade and and raising kids for so long and believing so passionately about this work I find that it's still hard at times to fight that and think to myself you don't have to scare them you, you know what I mean like it's so ingrained in my DNA as a I don't know as a human I don't even know what it is but the idea of being raised in a family your whole life where you always felt safe no matter what kind of mistake you made or what kind of um, pushback you were having or you know just it just is like the dream to me is to the safety and how beautiful that is and how that is um, how you always if, if I picture hanging out with Jesus that's how I feel I just feel so safe with him and that's how I want to that's how I want my kids kids to feel and um, but all of them I mean the responsibility thing is massive but I'm going to let you talk about it because it, it's beautiful and I want to hear more from you about all of them oh well that's that's cool to hear yeah it really does start there's um, you'll be able to see in the show notes uh, a picture of the framework and or you can go to our website online but really start parents want to start with correct what's the consequence or, right. or the punishment to stop this behavior. But um, the beauty of the Connected Families Framework is it tells us, it um, teaches us to step back and take a big picture look at what's going on in our relationship with our child. And so it takes us down to the level of our foundation for parenting, which is what's going on in us and what's going on in me. What am I believing about myself and my child? And this is so essential and it's really missed by a lot of parenting um, parenting tools because it, they start with how can I make things better but it the real answer to that question is by understanding myself more yes and yeah. so especially with sensitive or intense or challenging kids we often have beliefs about ourselves as our in, in our parenting or about our child and so I can remember one time um, looking at one of my intense kiddos and thinking you are the three-dimensional representation of my failure as a parent <laughs> yes, yes because that's yeah we teach oh that God. too it's because the old school paradigm is a misbehaving yep. child equals a bad child equals a bad parent Exactly. Right. And that's such a lie. But and as soon as I thought it, I thought, wow, that was really dysfunctional, but it was in there. So I'd better do some thinking and praying about that. Right. <laughs> well, hey there, families. How many of you would say that you feel like you have a kiddo that is very strong-willed, very sensitive, very challenging? <laughs> Any of those? Yeah, I see a lot of you raising your hands. If you're wondering how the heck to parent those kiddos that are always giving you a hard time pushing limits and displaying challenging behavior, I've got a gift for you today. It's my free strong-willed guide and worksheet to parenting these kind of kiddos with integrity. And I promise you it's going to give you loads of support. You can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash strong-willed kids. That's freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash strong-willed kids to grab your free guide now. Enjoy. So I I learned to embrace, you know, a number of things. Um, A key for me was my child's behavior is not my report card. Jesus is my report card. Nice. And so there was a time that I think it was my daughter in a big box store. I don't know if it was Target or Walmart, but, you know, one of them was having a meltdown and I stopped and I took a breath and I thought, this is another chance to practice getting my value from Jesus. Yes. <laughs> and just Amen. that put me in a calmer state so that I could could deal with it. So it gets really practical, especially with our intense kids. To We need to be able to get value from something, someone outside of our child's behavior because otherwise it's just a long game of trying to manipulate them so we feel good about us. Yeah. So that's a lot of what foundation is about. And foundation, as we start to look at our baggage, um, then we can begin to be safer and safer with our kids. And specifically in the heat of the moment, there's a lot of practical things in what we teach that help parents to be calmer in the moment. And um, it's especially important for these kids that can go to zero to 60 in no time. It's like if we join them, it's 120, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, I know. One of my favorite quotes from... L. Arnost is something like it's our jo- it's our job um, to share our 
our calm with our kids instead of mm-hmm. join them in their chaos. But it's so yeah. often, I mean, it's just such a, it's, we, you know, we all know it's so hard to break those habits of reactivity. And then you have culture telling you that you need to be reactive and you need to be scary and you need to hurt. And it's just, it, then it's very hard to, so, you know, families really just need to know that it, it can take some time and it's worth the hard work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So we talk about um, just uh, some ways to, to specifically be slow, go get low and listen, slow, low and listen. So slow your pace down, take a break, um, just talk slower, get low, get out of your big physical and intimidating posture even sit down on the floor or lay down on the floor um take some deep breaths calm your body and then listen listen to your child so a a lot of times you can just even ask you know if if you a a simple question of hey what's going on in here it seems seems like you got yourself in a little pickle you know (laughs) what's what's going on and and how would you like to solve it and then listen to your child. So sometimes that can even be transforming. And all this communicates that message, you are safe with me. And yeah. we really, like I said, we need that so much more. That safety is so important, for particularly for children who do not feel like the world is safe for them. Yes. So that's why you've gravitated probably to that is because you probably have some a couple of kiddos that haven't always felt safe in this world and they really need us to be that for them. Families, I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I'd love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, respecting rules, all those things, why that feels good as a human being. We want to do those things um, in ways that cause our children to want to respect us, not just because they're scared of us or a consequence. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you inside this program. So again, head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind to learn more. But in under an hour, this program will teach you some really effective strategies on how to create agreements with your kids instead of compliance statements, which is where a lot of parents go wrong and why their children don't end up respecting the rules or the agreements that they've made. And then I'm going to teach you how to use empathy. I'll teach you how to engage your kids' critical thinking skills when you tell them to do something and they say no. And then I'm also going to encourage you to understand how to empower your children. When children feel empowered, especially strong-willed kids, they will cooperate a whole heck of a lot easier, okay? So I want you to go learn about this program and let me know if you have any questions, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Yes. And I love like Lynn, just to, to, you know, a lot of families, I think back to when I first learned this work and I, I used, I was always the, like the question girl in college, no matter how big the lecture hall was, I'd throw out my <laughs> hand, excuse me, professor, can I, and like, or, you know, when I first started taking positive parenting classes, I'd throw out my hand and I'd be like, yeah, but so I know a lot of parents are probably thinking like they're imagining themselves getting down on the ground with like their tantruming toddler. And I can just hear their voices like, uh-uh, heck no. Like, Like that kid is going to step all over you. If you think that you can get down, they need to know, right? So I I say, I want to make sure parents understand that 
what you know what it doesn't mean that you're not going to teach you're not like you are going to teach an important life lesson you are going to make sure you mentor your child and how they can communicate in a healthy way and how they can get their needs met and and what sensory um processing thing they need help with right like you're mentoring you're Mm -hmm. teaching Mm -hmm. you're guiding but you're not reacting and scaring and intimidating which leads to your child living in fear which culture has taught families is the only way right so just remember what lynn is saying is not a posture of permissiveness it's not it's just simply a you are safe and we're going to figure this out we're together this exactly. there's nothing that can break our family and as yep. long as we have jesus guiding us then we're going to figure it out and tomorrow i'm going to help you make a different decision that doesn't involve smacking your sister mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever exactly. you know exactly oh, yeah we, we, our key thought in this is is that kids learn best when they feel safe if they yes. don't feel safe what they'll learn best is aggressive or defensive responses Exactly. That helps parents to see that a little bit. And it's just the start of the process. It gets their brains back online so they can learn something that you might be hoping they'd actually learn. Yes. the, the next message that we talk about that um, is particularly, again, so helpful for these kids is just that you are loved no matter what message. Yes. Yeah. Um, because these often, you know, and, and you probably have read some Jane Nelson um, yeah. who talks about um, uh, that a misbehaving child is a discouraged child. And so right. kids that can learn that they are loved no matter what is really um, just so Uh, it's so helpful for them and there was one mom who had a little sensory kiddo and and she said you know when I just realized that I would go in slow and he was starting to get upset and I just kind of offer him my hand and then we'd talk carefully and I'd empathize it was like he just de-escalated and it's really changed how we do the navigate these difficult situations so um you know, our, their ang- their anxiety needs our affection because they're in. They have this internal sense of I don't fit, I don't measure up. Yeah. And so that love, no matter what, not only represents the message of the gospel of you know while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But it just right. it's so calming because if I feel like you are for my ultimate good, I don't have to you know defend my position and uh, escalate this whole conflict. And I love that, Lynn, because I've heard you speak about how in the end, like that's what um, encourages us to move. That's what God wants from us to move closer to him through his unconditional love, not Mm -hmm. through his condemnation and his judgment and his fear and his force. Like that's not what he uses to bring us closer to him and to trust him and to, you know, all this stuff. It's like, I love that that comes out in parenting too. And that's when, Mm -hmm. when you can tell your kiddo, yeah, you messed up. And it does not affect any bit of my love for you. You can still have my hug after you have a tantrum, after you mess up, whatever. Like, you're still unconditionally loved. Nothing will ever change that because that is not the the message that society gives parents. If you're good, you get hugs. If you're bad, you don't, you know? <laughs> like, right, right. So and it's very countercultural. A, so That's a fast track to insecurity. Right. Right there. Um, yeah, we talk about um, that misbehavior is the golden opportunity for unconditional love because if yes. you just are putting the Facebook posts when your kid's doing well and you you give the hugs when they're pleasing you and then your face gets red and you're using all three of their names right. <laughs> in one angry sentence, then it's pretty quick that they're going to communicate, I am only loved when I am behaving well. And yeah. that's a scary thing. Um, for to send kids out into the world with. So this is a really important point. Yes, and yes. it does prepare kids to learn from, from us then. It, it's like it earns us the, the credibility in their eyes. You're a safe person that cares about me, and so I want to learn from you. And this leads us to the next message or principle. It's the coach principle where we really become a success mentor to our kids and we start to build a healthy sense of power in these, like you, you talk about power kids. I talk a lot about building, giving, delegating healthy power to kids so that they don't have to use unhealthy control to feel internally balanced because yes. if they feel internally out of control, they'll, you can, they can either take your healthy delegated power or they can do wild, controlling, screaming, punching kinds of things to start to feel back in control. And these kids, you'll often see them be more controlling. Um, 
there was a national lecturer who developed a protocol for these sensory sensitive kids, uh, Patricia Wilbarger, and she says, when I teach adults, there's a high percentage of business executives because they learn so early on how to control other people. So right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure you see that in, in some of your kiddos there. Right. Um, so, so, but if we can help our kids learn how to use wise, um, healthy power in a way that takes self-control, charge of themselves, and they learn to self-advocate in a healthy way, they learn to tune into their own arousal levels, you know, if it's up into red or fight or flight, if they're kind of borderline in yellow, which is like, oh, I'm starting to get anxious or frustrated, I better pay attention. If maybe they're back down in yell in green, where it's like, ah, oh, it's peaceful, I feel okay. Or maybe they're even tired and it's kind of a, a blue zone sort of a thing. I just quickly summarized something called Zones of Regulation, which is a great program. Um, you know, you nice. can kind of help them tune into that and the, the, um, the emotions that go with each one of those levels. Now you're empowering your child to, to know I'm called and capable. And that's really the message of this level. I'm called and capable to tune into what my body needs and ask for it respectfully. And that's training. Tune into what my body needs. Tune into what my emotions need. What What's going on in me? What am I feeling? How do I want to deal with it? Feel and deal is an important principle to teach in families, especially these kids, because they have such big feelings. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So. Oh, I love that because you know what I teach here at Fresh Start Family is is based in Dr. Rudolph Dreicher's work about how oh, yep. you know and and I think he just educates us on how God designed us to have mm-hmm. these needs, right? I mean, we all have hearts and minds that have needs, and and you know when I started learning this work as a thirty something year old, I didn't, I never got educated on what my needs were and what it looked like when I miscommunicated or communicated in an unhealthy way, and to teach kids from an early age, like, hey, this is what your body's trying to communicate to you. This is what your heart and mind are asking you to seek. You can do it in a healthy way, but you've got to advocate for yourself. I'm not going to solve all your problems. I'm not going to overpower you. I'm not going to control you. You can do mm-hmm. this. You're capable. Mm-hmm. You got this. God loves you. He's right over here waiting for you to rely on him. Like, come on, you got this. I'm going to let you fail. I'm going to, you can get back up again. Like, it's just radically awesome. And that, that I told you every single one of your frameworks, I'm like, yes. Yes, yes. So that's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, and it's pretty biblical, too. It's like one of my favorite psalms is Psalm 73, where the psalmist is having a tantrum. He is (laughs) venting big, angry feelings at God. And it just, you know, the readers can look at it, but it's like God just is, he's there, he's present, he's unflappable. I think it says, you hold me by my right hand, you counsel me uh, with your wisdom or something, and then afterwards you bring me to glory. Anyway, this is a wonderful sequence. And then the psalmist goes into this rant about how much he loves God. Nice. So when we when we respond this way to our kids of I'm for you, I'm calm, I'm safe, I'm bigger than your big upset right now. I love you. I can help you figure your way out of this in a respectful way that you'll feel good about later. Yeah. That's huge for these kiddos. So yeah. we do have a lot of stuff on our website about sensory strategies. Like, for example, we have the child that comes home from school school and they're just like they've held it together all day at school and then they just like unload when they come through the door yeah. we've got a specifically a post about that so there's far more things about sensory working with a child's sensory system than we can go into nice. in our limited time but that's where this falls um, under is this you are called and capable of figuring out what's going on in your heart what's going on in your body and respectfully asking for what you need nice and that's that's um, number three right is you are capable right. and then how about number four to finish us off Yep. Number four is um, you're responsible for your actions. And that's really where the question of sensory and behavioral begins to fade because it's like it doesn't matter. You know, if a child is hurtful, 
um, and they have a big sensory, it's, it's part of a big sensory blowout, your desire for them would be to feel, to help them feel reconciled, to be reconciled to whoever they hurt, whether or not right. it was from a sensory start or a behavioral start. If your goal is reconciliation and it's like, oh, that was so tough. You were so tired. It was so overwhelming in there. But, you know, how did, how did you think your sister felt when she got hit out of surprise? That was kind of scary for her, wasn't it? Right. So I'm so glad you're calm right now. You know, let, would you, I think you're ready to go and talk this over with your sister. Nice. So it's like that kind of a thing. It's like, I yeah. get it. I understand why this happened, but I know that it's good for your heart and the other person's heart to reconcile and make this right. Yes. So. Oh, I love that. I was just thinking this morning, I was getting ready. Um, you know, we talk so much in our work about how, you know, our, our parents did the best that they could, right? We all, we all, all parents, most of us, 99%, yep. we do the best that we can with what we know, right? But yep. growing up in my family, I always, you know, I always wish my parents would have had this work because there really was never an ability to reconcile. There would, there would be blow ups. And my, my brother was one of these kiddos, these intense, mm. sensitive, um, intense child, right? His whole life. Um, and so there'd be a lot of blowups. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of physical aggression. And then became like a six foot three man. What do you do with that? Right. Um, but like (laughs) all these years, like there was just never, ever taught the, how to make amends, how to repair relationships, how to talk about it after you lose your cool, what to do, um, after something blows over and, and you realize that somebody else in the family was probably really scared and all these things that we, you know, you and I now teach. Um, so this is such a beautiful part of it because it's, it's just teaching people that it, it's, it's okay to make mistakes. No, no, there's no perfect family. And you are responsible for your actions. Like you can't mm-hmm. just go through life thinking that you can blow, like, you know, um, uh, was that steamroll over people and then act like nothing happened the next day that damages relationships. It's going to drive your kids away. It's going to increase their chance of misbehavior as teenagers. And I love that you and Jim have the experience with teens that have gotten themselves into a place that wasn't going well, that you can really speak to all this. And, and, and this is what I always tell my families too, is just trust me. Trust me, like you don't want to get there. And and when, when kids get driven away or when relationships mm-hmm. get broken or strained, like relationships is the, almost the number one thing that you want to like strengthen. That's why it's like the connected family's mission is so beautiful is because if you have strong connected relationships and the ability to make amends and repair mistakes and come together after you've made human mistakes, then everything is so much better and, and you've got a fighting chance to be able to really influence your kids when they do become teens, right? Yep. So yep. it's oh. almost like the analogy of when the house gets on fire, you have a meeting place outside, <laughs> like the mailbox. Right. <laughs> we used to talk about we're going to drive a stake ground in the ground around connection, and when it all goes crazy, that's where we're going to get back to. Oh, I love that! What a beautiful ending point. Oh my gosh, Lynn. Well, you have blessed us with so much valuable information today. Tell the listeners where they can find you, where they can find your courses, and I know um, we would really love to put your discipline class in our listeners' hands. So we're we're going to make sure that we we tag that over on the show notes page but listeners you can find that at fresh start family online forward slash connected families if you want to get into lynn's discipline class i think it's called discipline that connects is that right yep okay awesome and tell us more about where what's your website how can we find you on social anything else you want to tell the listeners about um, yeah, well, we're on Instagram and um, Facebook. We have uh, and um, our website, connectedfamilies.org. The uh, Discipline That Connects online course is opening up registration through January, and then we'll start and close registration in February. Okay. It won't be open again until um, October because um, we moderate that, and it's an nice. online community that just is it, people from all over the world are sharing their experiences. Um, we've got a a great staff person that joins in and encourages and it's really a wonderful experience and so that will start and registration will close um uh, that first week of February. So be sure that you connect with that. Um, and then we'll just have a bunch of uh, resources for you in the show notes. I think I'll throw in one on on just a, a simple illustration to facilitate true reconciliation with kids and 
um, have them help to get kind of a, a vision for that for themselves. So that would just be a nice ad that I think people would be interested in. Oh, so, I love that. Otherwise, find your way around our website. There's all <laughs> sorts of free goodies and downloads and, and resources for you. Yes. .org. And, a, and a gazillion different blog posts and just like so much amazing information over at connectedfamilies.org. And if we, if this episode doesn't air by late January, Lynn, the net, you said the next opening will be in October for the, the discipline that connects family um, course, right? Right. It'll okay. start in um, September, but you can just get on our blog and sign up for the tips and then you would regularly get, uh, you would get emails in September to um, help you sign up for that, for the October start. Okay. Awesome. Well, we'll see what our team can do to get this up. Um, I'm not sure if we can get it up before February, but if we can, we will. And if not, families definitely look into that next opening of the discipline class in in October or, or September, September, October. But Lynn, thank you so much for being here. I am so grateful for the work that you're doing. Please keep doing your work. I am over here cheering you on. And I know I will Aww. be telling all of our families um, through my membership program, through my Jesus Guided Parenting community, um, just to check out your work because we, we really value and appreciate what you're doing. And we can't wait to have you on one more time with Jim if you're up for it. And we'll get Terry on so we can have a full guide girl the uh, both conversation <laughs> that would be that would be a lot of fun <laughs> i love that nice lynn thanks for being here for more info and all the links that we talked about during today's episode head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 43 that's freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 43 for today's show notes for more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day. All right, listeners, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. As we wrap up here, don't forget to DM me the word shift or head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free discipline quick start learning bundle. You'll get immediate access to download our extensive learning guide where I'll share five ways you can ditch the old school hand-me-down punishment mindset beliefs and thoughts that are causing you to react like a volcano volcano instead of respond like the firm, kind, respectful teacher you are at your core. And then you'll also get immediate access to my on-demand workshop where I'll teach you our three core Fresh Start family strategies that make up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit, as well as my favorite logical consequences that not only work with kids of all ages, but do wonders to unite you with your child and strengthen your relationship, even in your kids' worst moments. So pop on over to Instagram right now and just shoot me a DM with the word shift and I'll send you a personal link to download that bundle right away. Or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to get access immediately. All right. Thanks for listening and I'll see you inside that free bundle and also inside the next episode.